Hey, what's up, South Point? My name's Glenny. Kenny. Glad to have all of you joining us online. I don't even know my name, but we'll get it right. Those of you that decided to spend this weekend, this holiday weekend with us, man, it's cool to have you guys with us. You know, we get to celebrate the freedom of our, of our country and the freedom of our faith. How cool is that? So let me start out by asking you a quick question. What do you think of when you think of space? Space to me is like this ultimate place that you go that you literally leave everything behind, right? When I see pictures of space, it just, it amazes me. I'm, I'm absolutely just, it's breathtaking. How massive everything is, the amazing colors and the details and colors we've never seen before, the emptiness and this unimaginable space. Even the breathtaking beauty of a star or a planet or a solar system. I mean, think about all the movies and the books and the, and, and the shows that have been put together about space. you got Star Wars, Star Trek, Danger Will Robinson, Space Odyssey, Guardians of the Galaxy, just, just kind of name a few. The list goes on and on and on. And I think from the beginning of time, people looked up and they were just in awe of space, partially because it was unattainable, right? We didn't have any knowledge. We didn't know anything about it, right? People have and they still worship the stars and they worship the moons and they worship planets. And to many, they believe that that's, that's the home of the gods, somewhere in space. I mean, space is absolutely crazy, right? It's like one of the most fascinating places to experience. And yet, until recently, it wasn't even possible. A few weeks ago, they launched a Falcon 9 rocket. It was launched into space. And people have always wanted to go to space. And ever since space travel was, was actually conceivable, it got worse, right? A lot of people talk about being an astronaut. I used to, we used to do it as kids. Talk about going into space. However, only a few actually learn how to become one. Even fewer actually apply. Fewer get in. Even fewer are willing to do all the training. But even fewer make it through that training, and even fewer actually get to go into space. Talk about being an astronaut was fun. I remember wanting to be one when I was a kid, right? Wearing the outfits, got to be cool. And yet in the history of the world, there's only a handful of people that ever actually experienced space. And the rest of us talk about it, and we dream about it, but we've never personally experienced it. Why is that? Because it's hard, man. It's not easy to go to space. It takes years of training, strict dedication, a lot of smarts. You'd have to give up a lot just to get the chance to go. And last week we opened up this series where we're daring you to dream, right? We're daring you to dream again. To believe that this world is not it. That there's more. That there's a better place. That there's a place where opposition and racism and evil and slavery and hatred are gone. Dare to believe that God will prevail over evil in the end. And in order to do that, you've got to cry out to God to find the hope necessary to deal with the brutal facts of our current reality. And if you missed last week's message, man, I just encourage you to go back and check that out. They're all online. So what, what do you dream about? Maybe you've dreamed of getting healthier. You dreamed of improving your relationship. Maybe you're having a better marriage to find a better career, maybe to go to the UP, maybe to go to Hawaii. And you start to dream and you start to think about what it would actually feel like to be healthier. What it would feel like to have a better career, right? What it would feel like to actually go to Hawaii, but you never make it. Why? Because it requires hard work, right? It requires hard work to save that money, to make that money, and not buy that Frappuccino every day. All the extra hours and the classes of training to be an astronaut, or the hard work to make yourself healthier, or the hard work to apologize and to forgive somebody, or the hard work of working on a relationship so that it can get better and to solve your problems. So what do you do? You never leave, you never start, and you stay in the status quo. 
And oftentimes we dream about wanting to do something, about all the evil in the world, right? To bring peace, to bring good to the world. So what do you do? How do you do it? A lot of people dream about it, but there's still so much evil. Why? Because it's hard to stop the evil in our own personal lives. That new, better relationship, that new, better world, the new, better career, the new, better family, the new, better marriage or life. We all want it, but so many of us aren't even experiencing it. But Jesus said the thief, and he's talking about Satan here, he said the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, Jesus himself, that they may have life and have it to the full. See, Jesus came to give us life to the full. And that's the dream, right? That's space, final frontier. Do you want it? I mean, maybe you're in the middle of a pain. Maybe, maybe you're in the middle of a loss or your marriage is broken or your family's broken or maybe your finances are broken or maybe, maybe your life's just broken or you're overwhelmed with anxiety or depression, or hatred or anger. And you may be close to hopelessness. You may be close to retaliation. I just ask you to stop. Don't give up. Dare to dream again. Believe that you are not the only one that wants to experience that life to the full. And that's where we're at today. I want you to dream about this world being better. About your life being better. Your marriage being better. Your family being better. But as soon as you begin to dream, you have to know this. It's also our big idea. You must be willing to leave the old to accept the new. Dreaming in and of itself doesn't get us anywhere, does it? But every great destination starts with a dream. Dream big and then get ready to start. The Falcon 9 rocket that just launched carried 75,000 pounds of fuel. Past shuttles carried over 900,000 pounds of fuel. Did you know that 90% of the fuel that they use is just to get off the Earth's atmosphere and get into orbit? That means it takes 90% just to get started. It only takes one-tenth to get back. So what does that mean? It means leaving is the hard part, right? You know, when Chris and I first got married, it was candy canes and lollipops for the first day. <laughs> day two, man, it was like inner-city gang wars. <laughs> nothing, could, nothing could go right. I couldn't do anything right. I know, I, you, know you find it hard to believe. She couldn't do anything right. It was probably a little more realistic. <laughs> but I was a jerk. She was hurt. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. You name it, man, we fought over it. And we knew we were in trouble, and we kept trying to fix it. And we both dreamed about this new reality, right? We both cried out to God for help. I cried out to God, please fix her. Or me, if that's the issue. <laughs> We both tried all the things that we could. We tried different, all kinds of things. We read books, and nothing worked. It was like taking Band-Aids and, and putting them on a problem. And yeah, it lasted for a month or two, but it never really fixed anything. Until we realized, until I realized that it wasn't about me. This was us. Kenny aside. Us and Chris first. And yes, truth be known, the majority was probably my fault. And I am so blessed that she hung in there and not only fought with me, but fought for us. Because it's so frustrating. The more you try to fix something, the more frustrating it becomes, right? 
I mean, there are problems in the world, there are injusti- injustices, there's slavery, there's genocide, there's greed. Our, our, our babies are getting aborted. An ep- epidemic of fatherless homes and corruption at every level. There's corruption in our marriages, there's corruption in our governments, there's corruption in our families and in our churches and our culture. And doesn't that feel like, like where we're at today? Doesn't it feel like that's where our country's at? It's frustrating trying to, to fix those things that are broken, trying all kinds of things, yet they're just Band-Aids, and they only last for a moment. And we argue constantly about how to fix things over what the real problems are. But we don't have a clear destination. We will never be able to get there because we're all going in different directions. Think about this for a minute. Once people start putting their minds and their gifts and their talents and their money towards getting to space, remarkable things happen. And maybe for your marriage, maybe for your relationship, your self-worth, your view of others, peace and justice in the world, maybe very few have actually been there and experienced it. So we're having a hard time figuring this out. How do we get that full life? Listen to Jesus. He says, for whoever wants will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Jesus says, if you want real life, then you've got to let go. Let go of the things that are killing us instead of freeing us. And maybe, maybe some of us here today are fighting for the wrong life. You know, Chris and I both believe that Jesus wanted us to have life in the full. And we tried nicer words, we tried date nights, we tried adding better communication and changing love languages. We wanted more. More from the other person, more from life, more from this marriage. But never did it occur to me that I had to lose my life. It didn't even make sense to me. Marriage was about both people getting what they need, right? be honest with you, sometimes I still struggle with it. See, this is such a confusing and a confounding statement for our culture. Because our culture says what? It says better means more. A better life is a life with more stuff right? More convenience, more education, more opportunity, more money. The more people have, the better their life will be. And Jesus seems to say that to have life in the full, you should give and not get. In the Old Testament, God's people, the nation of Israel, they were enslaved in Egypt for about a hundred years, literally slaves in Egypt. And God sends this man by the name of Moses and ten devastating plagues and finally convinces Pharaoh to let him go. Israel sees God do some some amazing miracles. They witness how powerful God is. They witness how much he loves them. And that he's freeing them so that they can go to this new world that he promised. And as soon as they're free, he sends them on an 18-month journey through the wilderness to the promised land. It's like God says, all right, family, let's go. Just follow me for 18 short months, and you'll have this this new world flowing with milk and honey. Sounds sounds like happily ever after, right? No. Only after a few weeks, I want you to listen to what these guys said. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out to the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. You can almost hear the wine, can't you? And then God begins to miraculously provide food. So a few days later, what do they do? They complain about being thirsty. 
Why did you bring us out of, your, out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? That sound like the kids sometimes. <laughs> what? You're not making dinner? I haven't eaten in four hours. All we got is a refrigerator full of food and a pantry full of food. What are you going to make me? What happened to that spaghetti you made me last week or the grilled chicken you made me a couple of days ago? Why are you letting me starve like this? See, God had freed them from Egypt. But it only took them a few weeks to realize that they wanted Egypt. They wanted to take Egypt with them. They had confused the past life with the future promised life. And you say it's just food and water, but it's not. A few weeks later, look at what they asked for. Come, make us gods who will go before us. They made a golden calf, a statue of a calf, and began to worship it, just like they saw in Egypt. In in the wilderness, their dreams and their desires were exposed. Their idea of full life involved the pots of meat and bottled water from Egypt, the modern comforts of their captors. They had been set free, yet they were stuck in Egypt. They were more attached to the things in Egypt than they were the promises of God. How sad that Israel could not imagine wanting for anything better than pots of meat and bottled water. They would give up on God. They'd give up on his promise of this new world to worship a statue of a cow. So they could have better stuff. And I'm afraid as a nation, that's where we may be today. We've been duped into believing that the American dream is a life full of stuff. And I want to be sensitive to this. I know what's happening in the news. I know what's happening around the world. And I'm not turning a blind eye to that. I'm listening and my heart is breaking, as yours should be too, for the injustices and the evil in the world. But what are we Offering us hope. If our hope is in this world, then guess what? It's not real hope. If our hope is in hard work, then it's not real hope. If our hope is in getting more, getting the American dream, then that's not real hope. If our hope is in a government or legislation, then that's false hope. It's like Chris and I putting Band-Aids on. It lasts for a few days, but it doesn't fix the real issue. The real hope, the real fix is new life. 2 Corinthians says Jesus died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Yes, we need reform in laws. And we need reform in our government and in people. But more than reforms, we need to let go of our lives and receive new life. Jesus didn't offer reforms. He offered new life. He said, life comes through death. The promised lamb came came after they spent time in the wilderness, right? In the wilderness is where they needed to let go of this old life, but they couldn't. I mean, imagine if we no longer live for ourselves, but live for Christ. Imagine if our leaders truly live for Christ. We truly would be a whole different world out there, and we'd treat everybody differently. So I want you to listen to what living for Christ looks like. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, 
being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. See, if you want peace in this world, if you want peace in your marriage, if you want peace in your family, this is what it takes. Having that same mindset as Jesus, making myself nothing and becoming a servant to God, giving up my life. And yet, what do we do? We avoid the wilderness at all costs. Because our culture and our selfish hearts tell us to avoid the wilderness. You don't need to give up anything about you. You define who you are. You define what you need. You define what peace is. You define what truth is. You define what hope is. See, this is the wilderness for us, for you and for me. We have to lose our life to live life in the full. So how, do, how do exactly do we do that? Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of the Creator. Look at that list. Take a look at Colossians 3 when you get home. And take a look at that list and think about it. If we truly followed Jesus and his example, if we threw off all these things that are hindering us and stopping us from truly experiencing life in the full, we would eliminate sex trafficking, abuse of all kinds, murder, greed, corruption, abortion, fatherlessness, manipulation of the news, everything. See, Jesus says it doesn't come by legislation. And it doesn't come through hard work. It only comes through death. And if you're a Christian and you're listening to this and you're holding on to any sins, what idols from your past are you holding on to? Rid yourself of these things. Don't justify them and don't become numb to them. The reason why people are suffering in this world is because some of us and some of us in this very room here refuse to let go of our lives, refuse to humble ourselves. We want to do what we want to do, which means we're still stuck in Egypt. See, Chris and I tried to be better. We tried to make the other person better. We tried to change the rules. We tried to change the way we talked, the way we argued. We tried to change everything that we could, but we found out that the only way to experience life and our marriage to the full was to die to ourselves. I had to be willing to sacrifice everything about me and to serve faithfully. When we both did that, we finally began to experience life in the full, which takes us back to our big idea. You must be willing to leave the old to accept the new. It's hard to do. See, what we couldn't do, God did. All that work, all that effort, all that time, all that frustration, 
All we needed to do was let go. Ephesians says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God, not by works. So that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What are we looking for today? Our world is looking for peace. Our world is looking for justice. Our world is looking for love. And we will not find it in legislation. And we're not going to find it in working harder. Not that those things are bad. But real peace, real hope, real love come through giving up. Through death. You know, there's a reason that only a handful of people have ever experienced space. Because it's not easy. It's hard. And there's a reason why very few people experience life to the full. Because the cost is for you to give up your life. Our culture will not tell you that. The world will not tell you that. Because it's the thief that wants to destroy you. See, Jesus tells us something that we don't want to hear, but it's true. And he didn't just tell us, he demonstrated it by literally giving up his life. So that each and every one of us might find freedom and full life. Father God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for the, the example. Thank you for allowing us to have a relationship with you. God, we cry out to you today. Our nation needs you. Our, our community needs you. I ask you for revival. I ask you to be with us so that we can be the light that needs to be shown out there. Be with us so that we can truly act like Jesus and not act like we've been acting. Father God, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you, that doesn't experience a real life with you, that doesn't understand what a relationship with you is like, I ask you to be with them. Help them today. Be with them so that they can change that. But be with us so that we can be the example and not be hypocrites. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want that, or you want to talk to somebody about that, then send us a text, 734-304-7248. number's up on the screen. Or you can send an email to next at southpointccc.com, real easy. Someone's going to get that, somebody's going to call you, they're going to contact you, they're going to pray with you. They're going to help you to take the next step and even be baptized if that's what you want. But if you're here on site and you want to experience that, I'm going to ask you to go to rooms A, B, C, or D out there. Out in the lobby to meet with somebody who can help you. Today could be the day. The best thing you can do for this world, the best thing you can do for your relationship, the best thing you can do for your marriage is to experience life in the full. To let go of your life and live for Christ. Until you've experienced that, you can't really give directions, can you? You can't even know what it is. But once you've truly let go of yourself and once you've experienced this, this full life, man, you're going to want to share it with everybody. You're going to want to tell everybody about it and you're going to treat people differently. And I hope you can join us next week whether you're online or whether you're in person. When you, get to try, when you have to try to leave the earth's atmosphere, right, you're going to experience this great pressure. And the same thing's going to happen when you try to experience this new life. You try to leave. You start out on this new journey. 
And we're going to help you try to figure out how to deal with that pressure. So I just encourage you to invite a friend. Stay connected with South Point on social media. So you're going to be dismissed from the back first so that we can maintain social distancing. Just remember, Downriver needs Jesus. So go live for Christ. Will you dare to dream with me? Have a great week, guys.